Hello and welcome to another episode of the Envisioneering Exchange, the podcast where industry leaders discuss the most important topics in building and urban efficiency. I'm your host, John Chef, Dan Foss's Director of Public and Industry Affairs. Now, you, you can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And today, I am thrilled to be joined by Peter D., uh, who leads our food retail business here in North America. And Peter and I are going to discuss the most important trends in the food retail refrigeration business as we head into a very important 2022. So, Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Please uh, tell us a bit about yourself and, and your role here at Danfoss. Hi, John. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, as John said, I'm head of food retail business for Danfoss. I've been with Danfoss 10 years. So my responsibility is for the food retail end users, uh, food retail OEM manufacturers and the contractors here in North America. Yeah, and so it, it's a really important job, really important role. And uh, as we head into 2022, the beginning of the AMAC phase down, the beginning of of um, <clears throat> the California Air Resource Board or CARBs uh, HFC phase down. Um, what are the major trends we're seeing in food retail right now in terms of refrigerants? Yeah, it's a great question, John. Um, you know, like I said, I've been here just 10 years and I, I've seen a lot of changes over that just that short period of 10 years. And, you know, as you mentioned, what's happening in the industry, especially going into 2022, a lot of changes. And we're seeing the trending of the food retailers moving to natural refrigerants, right? And, and that's, that's a mix of natural refrigerants from CO2, propane, and even, even a blend of refrigerants, right, depending on the needs and requirements. But the main focus is to reduce their, their GWP in, in their business. Um, so, yeah, very interesting times and, and a lot of pressure on the industry to make sure they can meet those needs and requirements from 2022 on. And yeah, I think, you know, when you talk about natural refrigerants, particularly CO2, I think that these systems are, are really different from the HFC-based systems that we're used to be using. Are we, are we ready for adoption of CO2 on a, a large scale in, in the U.S.? And then, you know, what are the benefits of moving to a CO2 system? So, I, I, again, that's an interesting question, the way you phrased it as well, that there's a shift from a typical HFC application system to CO2, and it's different. It's not all that different, actually. It's, you know... Um, the refrigeration is refrigeration system as an application, right? So CO2, yes, there's higher pressures, right? We take that into account with our products for safety. So it's just a different way of thinking about the application. And with the knowledge that the engineers have today on a typical refrigeration, just transfers instantly across to the CO2 application, right? And we've come a long way, as I mentioned, for CO2, I, I remember it must be five, six years ago when this discussion started off here in North America. Will we ever get there? The slow pace. This is really ramped up in, in the last two years in particular that I've personally seen. And we're seeing a lot of food retail end users already making the decision that any new store construction that they're doing in 2022 and beyond will be CO2 applications. So that brings a lot of benefits to them um, in the for them, they're also using CO2. Um, what I mean by that is the uncertainty about, you know, synthetic refrigerations going forward, it mitigates all that if you go to a natural refrigerant like CO2. You don't have to worry anymore. But, but it, it also gives them that visibility about being friendly to the environment as well, right, into a public domain and part of their sustainability programs. So there's a lot of benefits there, right? And the other benefits that I see into the future as well by using, 
CO2s and technology. You're using a lot of technologies and uh, product on these applications from your rack controllers, iconic controllers, your case controllers. They bring in a lot of more benefit as well um, around predictive preventive maintenance by using the data that comes from these technologies can also help the industry move forward. You know, and now we can predict for the engineers before they even get to site what the issues might be and be prepared when they step into that environment if, if there's an issue or concern. So a big shift, a big shift in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you talk about predictive maintenance, leak rates have been a big topic, particularly in, in you know, food retail and refrigeration in that space. And and getting more analytic, more analytics, getting more sensors, I think, is, in, is only going to help the industry kind of, um, you know, combat that issue. No doubt. Yes, no doubt. And, and we're seeing more and more requests for that analytic data, by the way, today. So this is in the right direction, you know. And, and I, I think the industry in, in North America has adapted to CO2. And, and it's a big step change for them because, you know, the, we talk about technologies. The industry hasn't been used to these technologies like case controls in their standard standard source today. But that, that has shifted and moved and, and been embraced by the industry but also being embraced by the contractors that are now maintaining and supporting, you know, the food retailers and the refrigeration systems. So I, I'm starting to hear that they're also seeing the benefits of these technologies and these natural refrigerants that are coming into the industry. Yeah, and it's so tricky. I think that if you're a new, uh, you're building a new, you know, food retail store right now, it makes all the sense in the world to go to CO2 because you, you know, we know what California is doing. It's still unclear what what uh, what the EPA is going to do on a national level. But if you go with that CO2 level and you get your G, your GWP down to to zero, basically, um, you know, you're at least future proofing your store. Yeah, and that's very important. But but we're also saying I, I don't want us to forget also, you know, carb are driving what they're driving in California, but we're actually seeing the food retail end users stepping up and standing up for the environment. And actually, outside of legislation or requirements, they are moving to natural refrigerants like CO2 in other states as well. So it's part of the sustainability program. And, and everybody in the industry, from contractors, OEMs, manufacturers like ourselves, have realized that and, and are working with the customers, i.e. the food retailers, to make sure we can meet their needs our current needs and long-term needs here with these technologies. And that comes in very support from the technology, from the manufacturing side, but the training, right? The, that's key for this to be successful. You know, Dan Foss and other uh, controls manufacturers and product manufacturers have training programs. The OEMs have training programs out there, right? And we're also seeing, you know, the, the technology institutes that are out there are also doing the training programs. And that's where it's very important that contractors step up and take these training programs to support their customer base in the food retail industry. Um, but when we talk about CO2 outside of food retail, we're also seeing a shift into, you know, the industrial side as well for CO2. So it's getting traction not outside of food retail as well. So we're seeing light industrial uh, applications now embracing the CO2 as well. So there's a shift there as well. Okay, that we're seeing. And that, I think that's mainly driven as well coming from the food retail industry because these food retailers have distribution centers and, and they're embracing CO2 in these distribution centers as well. So it's here to stay, it's growing. And you know, we've seen that in other regions, particularly in Europe. And personally, myself coming from Europe, I'm seeing the exact same shift and trend in North America that we've seen in Europe in the past. 
So let's learn from that and move forward what we're doing here in North America. And yeah, I remember just a few years ago, people, you know, uh, asking whether the supply chain, whether the infrastructure is there for, for broad adoption of CO2. And it seems like those those questions have kind of been answered as we, we head into 2022, which is a good thing. That definitely. And that was a big concern. Yep. You're right about supply chain is a product available. Product is available. Look, I know we're going through supply chain issues today, not just on refrigeration components, right? Coming out of COVID. But the product lines are there. But the other discussion years ago, again, was cost, cost parity, right? That's also coming down and we're starting to see some parity across that as well. All right, it's cost you more for the new technology, but the industry is starting to recognize the benefits you get from these technologies on top and not just look at the cost. Hence why we are seeing food retailers, you know, it's part of their specification now in new store bills in particular to automatically go to CO2 because they see all those benefits. Yeah, I think it makes total sense. Now, that's talking about new stores. Um, California is actually starting to regulate existing stores also. And that's a whole different issue because we have we have footprint already there. There's already refrigerant, mostly HFC on site. How are the food retailers starting to to adjust to California's existing store regulations? Yeah, so so existing stores, it, it's a big it's a big problem, right? It's a big obstacle here. And different food retailers are doing different things, depending on the size of the retrofit and the remodel. You know, if you if you take, um, you know, one side of the refrigeration, you might put a CO2, a complete new CO2 system in, put maybe a low GWP refrigerant on the other side, reduce your GWP. Um, what the end users are really looking for is a retrofitable solution for CO2. You know, lots of discussion about CO2 condensing units. When will they be available in North America? Um, so that we could do that retrofit maybe on a condensing unit solution. And, you know, it's not just about CO2. We're also seeing the propane side of it as well, mm -hmm. right? So it's a mix. And the end users have their own solutions. There's no one common, but, and they are talking to each other what is the best fit and solution. Um, and some have decided, you know, maybe we'll just retrofit the store completely and put a CO2, and then we don't have to worry about it for the long term. But that's a big cost, right? And I think... CARB in particular in California have worked very closely with the end users, you know, in coordinating, reducing the, the GWP in their stores. And, and that collaboration is very, very important, right? That, you know, working together means that we'll meet everybody's needs and requirements. And, and I think that's very important as we, as we see this transition across to other states as well. And it will. We're seeing it already today, right? So it's very, very important, that collaboration. Yeah, that collaboration happened a little late in the process, but it did happen, and and I think we came to a to a pretty workable solution on, on the existing storefront. I, I think um, I think so, and that's important. It it, it happened very end, and and <laughs> I don't think I actually really, you know, the industry realized what was going on until it was too late, and then everybody came together at the table, right? But that, I think that's the important thing. Everybody did come to, together at the table to make those decisions, which were the right decisions for the industry. That helped everybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the process worked. Um, so, as as we kind of wrap this up, um, we talked a little about a little bit about contractors in, in terms of CO two. But what do they? What do contractors need to know as we head into the first year of the of the refrigerant transition in twenty twenty two? I think for contractors, is work very closely closely with your with your customer number one, which is your understand their needs and requirements. What's their direction around natural refrigerants? Work with them. 
once you understand then, work with the OEM manufacturers, suppliers like ourselves to help you skill your people up, right, on these new technologies. You know, in, in Danfoss today, and in, in my group, we have a program today around CO2 where we help support startups on CO2 applications with our end users and the OEMs, right? Working very closely inside the OEM manufacturers, actually, where we are willing to support and train the installation contractors, but also the service contractors, which is very important key here. They're there to maintain that store after we all disappear on the install, right? We got to make sure they're comfortable. Also in Danfoss, we also have, you know, our TSO support that's available uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? All year round, right? The contractors also make sure that that is available to them, that these technicians are out there and they understand the store environment and the technology in the stores. Don't be afraid to reach out, right? And take the training programs that are available to you. That's key because that's also going to grow your business by skilling your people up. They know that. I don't need to tell them that. They already know that. And and that's what I'm saying. What we've seen is that collaboration between everybody. That's why this ramp up for CO2, particularly as a natural refrigerant, is, is getting a high traction and high volume rate in 2022 and beyond. It's amazing to see from five years ago where we've come. And that's everybody working together, like I said. Yeah, and I think that's a theme that we've seen, you know, with you and with, with other guests on the show is that the resources are available, whether it's from AHRI, from the OEMs, from a company like Danfoss, uh, for, for contractors to really, um, you know, get up on what's going on right now and, and get trained and get educated about uh, the refrigerant transition because there are a lot of changes, but also there are a lot of resources out there. Um, yeah, but thanks, Peter. This was great. Um, I really appreciate coming by and talking about this important topic. Any final thoughts? No, like I said, thank you very much, John, for inviting me. It is a very important topic, and, and I, I think, you know, we're all in this together, and we can make it succeed. It's already succeeded. We, we just need to continue, right? I agree. We've come a long way in a short period of time, and I think we're on a, on a good track. Well, thanks so much, Peter. Uh, again, Mike, I'd like to thank Peter D., our guest, uh, our head of the food retail business for Danfoss in North America. And that's it for this episode of the Envisioneering Exchange. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever it is you uh, get your podcast. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and share with your network. Again, my name is John Sheff, Dan Falls' Director of Public and Industry Affairs. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.